Chris Paul goes down, but the Suns stay in it. Seven straight wins, ending the first half of the season on a high note. A six and a half game lead on the Golden State Warriors for the best record in the NBA. We'll break down how the Suns stayed resilient and pulled out this win on today's Locked On Suns. Network, your team every day. Locked on Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a contributor at Suns.com as well as Dime Magazine, and a credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen today and every day, and every single day of this first half. It has been a blast. The Suns go in again on a high note, 48 and 10. Thank you for finding us on YouTube, where we finally Cross that 1,000 subscriber threshold. A humongous thank you to each and every one of you. Thanks to everybody, of course, listening across all podcast platforms as well. We're free everywhere. The best way to keep us that way is to do what you are already doing. Listen, subscribe, follow along, and tell all of the Suns fans in your life to do the same. I will have details on the Kelly Oubre bobblehead giveaway at the end of the show, but let's dive in right here to... The Phoenix Suns 124-121 victory over the Houston Rockets to close out the first half of the season. A franchise best first half of the season. And as I just saw online prior to hitting record, the one of the only teams in NBA history to have a six-plus game lead in their conference for the best record Heading into the All-Star break, it's the Suns at 6.5. The only other three teams to have 6 or more are all Michael Jordan Bulls teams. So it's not just the clutch numbers where the Suns are in great historic company with their net rating in those situations and the way that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are playing. You've seen some crazy stats going around with regard to that stuff and, and the dynasty level teams that they are in the company of there, but this adds to the mix as well. Uh, the, the Jordan Bulls are incredible company to be having here, and it just speaks to the Suns' brilliance here. But the the overall takeaway from this game, as we like to start with on these recap shows, is that resiliency that I talked about at the top. Um, Chris Paul goes down uh, with a few minutes left, goes down with injury, but then also ends up getting ejected and um let's see here he gets his it looked like almost his uh his right thumb was what he was grabbing at more so than anything else and he gets it kind of caught up in Dennis Schroeder's jersey um I'm not sure exactly what 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 the situation was, but he he gets that turnover, gets it caught, either hits it against Dennis Schroeder, gets it caught in his jersey. You see him instantly grabbing the thumb, kind of massaging, probing at it, and uh, after a first half that featured, I believe, 41 combined free throw attempts and took over an hour to play. So the tensions were already high between the teams and especially from the teams 
toward the officials, that set the stage for Paul speaking his mind a little bit after he did not get a foul call for that turnover when Schroeder was in his grill. And Paul gets a technical foul for speaking up <laughs> for uh, what, what would go on to be called profanity when the referee did an interview post game, And the second technical allegedly called because Paul made contact with the official now. Based on the camera angle that you look at, you could say he initiated it. You could say it was an accident. Some might say the referee initiated it. I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but end of the day, that was not in the fourth quarter. I was off on the timing completely. That was at the 9.07 mark of the third quarter. The Suns were up just six at the time, but from that point on, what happened was the Suns stars stepped up. Uh, What I really thought was interesting about this is the next couple of times down the floor, you had... Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton take charge. Um, you had a uh, DeAndre Ayton took the next two shots, but then after that, Booker, he tried to get a foul call, not the best shot attempt, but really aggressively took it at the Houston defense, missed the shot. Then the next time down, he gets free throws by drawing a foul and you basically saw that he was not going to be dis, uh, he was not going to be stopped from that point on i believe book played the entire second half and you look at the box score at the end, and it's pretty clear that the best players on this team stepped up, especially after Paul sat down uh, or went to the locker room, I guess, uh, more accurately there, with the ejection. You see Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, both leading the team in minutes, both playing 40-plus, which has been happening a little too regularly, I think, for what Suns fans would prefer, but nevertheless... They were the ones who made plays. They were the two leading scorers in this game, aside from, again, DeAndre Ayton, who also was a, a big scoring presence in this game. And Booker takes those shots late in the game. You see uh, a Bridges and Booker yet again being the ones to step up. You see Booker go into point book mode. The Suns close this game small with Booker playing uh, point guard, basically. They open the fourth quarter with Holiday, Booker, Bridges, Johnson, and Torrey Craig, so they do actually have a little bit more playmaking. But time and again, when the team needed shots, whether it was late when things got a little bit interesting and you had to have Book make four free throws, you saw Mikhail make uh, a two-point shot to put the Suns up four after things got a little dicey uh the actually game got tied at 114 and and bridges made a shot then he made another shot to extend it to four like at every juncture of this game those two guys stepped up and as a whole it was that star secondary stars behind paul that that made this game go the sun's way and the point that i want to make broader than that even is the re- again, that resiliency, because last season, yes, obviously, I'm sure a lot of you are listening, thinking, hey, the Suns were in position last 
playoffs to weather the storm when Chris Paul was out. But remember, the Sun, and another point here tonight too was Cameron Payne did not play. So they already were down one point guard and they made do when, when they basically had just Aaron Holiday, but really it became just Devin Booker. Last season, when, when Paul was out during the playoffs, they needed a triple-double from Devin Booker. They needed 29 points from Cameron Payne in a game. They needed, you know, missed Paul George free throws and the valley-oop. Um, they needed miracles, really. You know, they needed the the seven, whatever it was, seven three-point game from Devin Booker in game six of the first round when Paul was still recovering from the shoulder situation. So the fact that it was more of the best players in the Suns core being the ones to step up, no pain, you know, no value shenanigans, no luck at the end. It was Booker and Bridges basically taking hold of the game and willing the team to victory is, is nothing to overlook and maybe it'll have to continue because we don't know what the situation is with Paul's injury he obviously left this game either way because of the ejection but it seems like he is getting an MRI according to Chris Haynes on Thursday so his status for the all-star game would obviously be in question there as well but no matter what happens with all of that the Suns made sure this game did not go the wrong direction and that they entered that all-star break continuing a win streak yet again, seven straight. They've only lost two games in the year 2022. They are rolling. They have been rolling. And tonight was just another example led by the best guys on the team. Want to also talk about how the newcomers made a pretty big difference in this one as well. Aaron Holiday, Torrey Craig. First though, guys, today's show brought to you by betonline.ag. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam on both the pro and college side. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and more to where maybe even the next fired coach is going to land on the college side, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for scores, podcasts, and news all season long as well. Yes, BetOnline has content as well now. It's not just basketball either. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, the UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games can be found at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Learn more about the latest trends and action across the sports landscape. Bet online, where the game starts. Not only did Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton lead the way for the Suns, but the trade deadline acquisitions for this team showed up in a big way. Aaron Holiday, 20 minutes The Suns were plus 11 while he was out there. He had nine points and six assists and a steal, another steal. He is already turning heads for his two-way play, for his energy. Talk a little bit more in a minute about how he fits from a .5 standpoint, the way that the Suns want to play offense, his quick decision-making. I think there's some areas where he's really fit well, and there's some areas where he even has more room to grow as he gets more comfortable here. But then obviously on the other side, you had Torrey Craig, who was uh, on the floor for 23 minutes. The Suns were plus six while he was out there, and he had nine points, four rebounds, and two blocks. Also a big three-pointer in transition at one point as well when the Suns were um, extending their lead 
even actually, you could call it a comeback, they were down a little bit at one point, and they started to turn the tide of the game in that fourth quarter. Craig was a big part of that. I talked about the small ball, but even when he was one of just the forwards out there, he, he made a consistent impact. I asked Monty Williams about you know, what he's already felt just in terms of developing more of an actual rotation where you can cycle guys out and play some of those more versatile lineups. And he said, you know, it's just trust. And, and then the thing that I've been harping on, which is the way, the comfort level that Craig clearly has playing with pace, getting out in transition, having the ball in his hands, spacing out to three, finishing. And then, of course, there's there's obviously always going to be the trust level for his defense, which is what he made his name on when he first got to the Nuggets and, and broke into the NBA. So Craig, more of the same. The guy that I really want to focus on, though, is Holiday from a fit standpoint and from an impact standpoint, because it's the bigger surprise. Craig, we knew. I mean, especially with, with Nader having to be cut, with Kaminsky still hurt and everything else, Craig has basically come in and, and filled the Ish Wainwright void and and more. He's, you know, playing a little bit of center. He's playing a little bit of the Jay Crowder role at times. He's doing all of it. But but Holiday, it's it's a complete surprise. We didn't know what his role would be. We didn't even know that the Suns had the dang exception that they used to get the guy. We had no clue. This was this was the wild card of all wild cards on deadline day for the Suns. And and because he was more of a role player over the course of his rookie contract so far here, it, I don't know if you know, maybe people didn't even think he was going to really play and it was just insurance, but he has really, really answered the call so far. And again, it's that two-way play. He kind of already has that signature move of the inbounds pass steal, which, you know, that's kind of the, the Patrick Beverly special, the, you know, the, the dogged defender that even, I guess you, maybe the Eric Bledsoe special. I don't know. There's a, there's a select few guys who have the knack for those plays and holiday clearly is one. And then on the other side, he is just, you know, a pretty solid drive and kick pick and roll point guard scoring point guard. Like he, he has the pull up three. He's comfortable taking that shot and he has a, a good enough handle and feel that he can, you know, weave in and out in the pick and roll, go under the basket, pop back out, you know, dish it to somebody on the perimeter or keep it himself. There, There is just that level of comfort with him in the pick and roll already. And so it's it's not hard to understand why he's getting minutes at all. I mean, he, on top of all of that, he, he plays hard every minute that he's out there on both ends. So, you know, that's going to be a way to ingratiate yourself with your new coach is to just play hard, right? I mean, it almost goes without saying, but what is fascinating to think about going forward for Holiday is the way that he fits into the Suns system, you know, kind of philosophically or, or stylistically, I guess you could you could probably say. You know, he something I've noticed watching him already is he has that split second of hesitation when he catches the ball and is deciding between shooting a three versus attacking a closeout, keeping the offense going, that Monty is going to uh, drill out of him. I, I know for a fact. We've seen that with player after player that comes into this system. You maybe have that hesitation or that little bit of of overthinking when you first get to Phoenix and or you get you know into this system and and it's gone very quickly. I would even say Alfred Payton has has ironed that out of his game, but 
that's why Jay Crowder was such a good fit. That that actually that phase did not have to happen for him. He he had that decision making down to a T immediately. But I think Bridges and Johnson are probably the two best examples of young guys who came here and or in in Bridges' case, you know, transitioned out of an old coach to to Monty. And both of those guys, I think, had some adjustment pains of, hold on, what's the right decision here, right? Because they're both good shooters, but they also can do a little bit more. And, you know, sometimes it's the right thing to keep the offense moving. But they both also should be given the green light. Like, it is just a very fine line, and it's situation-dependent and everything else. Holiday still has that, right? You'll see him catch, and you can watch him thinking in real time. It's not to say that... It, it turns into a bad outcome. I mean, he is not really seeming like he's going to be a turnover-prone player here despite the Suns playing pretty fast and despite already absorbing a lot of responsibility. I mean, he's six assists, two, two turnovers tonight, and that's a great, great ratio. So I don't think that it's necessarily going to result in, in you know turnovers or problematic decisions. I think it's just hey, there's an opportunity to, t- to do even more and, and be even better in this system. That's really what's exciting here. And you add in that he's already been so impactful, it's, it's just kind of cool. Like, he could be a player that takes, you know, four or five threes a game for this team and, you know, flashes up to 10 assists some nights. Like, I'm not saying that'll be the playoff role for him, but in the regular season, I think we could see some explosive nights because... He has already taken Alfred Payton's spot in the rotation. Payton played just three minutes tonight. Holiday played 20. Um, and we'll see. I know I've already been probably overdoing it on the on the possibility that he takes Landry Shamit's spot in the rotation, but I, I do think we have to address that possibility. I think it's a real one because of how well he's playing and how well he fits. So the newcomers... Making an impact, you you probably don't see a Suns win in this game, especially with Paul going down, if those two guys don't step up the way they did. All right, details on the Kelly Oubre bobblehead giveaway, but I also want to do uh, a few a few other things here. Before we get out, I want to address the rotation, talk a little bit about JaVale McGee. We'll do all that in just a second, though. First, though, guys, this episode brought to you by Rock Auto. It's very difficult in today's day and age with all the different trim packages and seemingly new car concepts coming up left and right and you're being bombarded if you're a sports fan with ads for it all the time. Look, it's hard to know what car you want, what car you have, keeping everything straight. And of course, that trickles down to the parts that you need. And that's where rockauto.com comes in handy. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. They are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they've kept their prices reliably low throughout that entire time. Go explore their easy-to-use website. Check it out for yourself. All you got to do, type in the car that you have, scroll down to the part that you need, click purchase, and it's at your door within days. They make the process simple. They don't have a million different versions of something. As long as you're able to type in, hey, I have a 2011, you know, I have myself a 2012 Hyundai Elantra. All right, type that in, hit enter. They're going to show you what they have in stock for your car. You know what you have broken. Click it, purchase it, and you're done. That's it. You're not getting nickel and dimed. You're not getting tricked. That is it, and the price is always going to be low. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, 
and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Wanted to address JaVale McGee a little bit here. Um, 9.6 rebounds, two blocks. By far, you know, not not trying to paint this as his worst night or anything like that. But it's an interesting opportunity. I know these last segments can be a little bit meandering. And, you know, it's really an opportunity to zoom out more than anything. The Suns won this game. McGee, the Suns were plus four in McGee's minutes. Like, this is not a, a knock on him by any means. But he was not himself against the Clippers at all either. And this game was a little quieter for him. And it, it's just interesting to, to kind of keep track of over the course of a full season now with McGee on the Suns. I, not a player that I've obviously ever really gotten to, to watch day in and day out. He's never been a Sun before. And this is the only team I've ever covered. So he has this inconsistency about him that is so kind of bizarre sometimes where you don't always understand why he's not making a huge impact. I think he's very rhythmic. I think he's a guy who, if he comes in and things really go his way right away, then he's going to follow that up with a really strong night. Like he's going to build off of that, feed off of that, and, and turn it into something positive. Um, I think if he doesn't have things go well for him right away, it, it might just be an average night. I don't think there's a lot of bad nights with JaVale, but I think this is something I've talked about before where it is just difficult to count on him every single day. Now, in this case, the Suns were able to pivot. And not only did McGee only play 11 minutes, Aiton only played 27 minutes, and the Suns were able to go to small ball quite a bit. Um, but I do just think, I, I I talked about this a little bit in the context of the Bucks game. I've talked about it, I think, at other times as it pertains to the inconsistency, but I think for the playoffs, we need to start thinking about JaVale McGee as a matchup player, as somebody who, you know, depending on who you're playing, depending on the situation in the game or in the series, he is going to be more or less important. And I think to a couple of different recent examples of that over the past two playoffs, if you remember last season, McGee didn't play in the Nuggets series when the Suns matched up with them, which is a little bit interesting because... Denver actually gave up, you know, decent amount to go get him at the deadline. They gave up two second round picks. And by the time the second round came along, they didn't play him. And I don't really understand why. I don't really get why he would have been a terrible matchup against the Suns. I mean, the Suns like to be a pick and roll team. He's a pretty decent pick and roll player. And yet he didn't play, right? Because they didn't necessarily love the Aiton, you know, one-on-one -on -one matchup, or they didn't love the idea of they liked to be smaller, more versatile, more offensive-minded when Jokic wasn't out there. I don't know, but he did not play, and that's an example. The other example is the year before, when actually the Nuggets were involved again, and the Lakers were in the bubble, and in that Nuggets series, the what ended up being the Western Conference Finals in the bubble, it wasn't McGee who played much in that series. It was Dwight Howard who matched up against Jokic, more consistently, just from a size standpoint, the strength and size that Howard was able to bring, I think Frank Vogel just liked that more for that Lakers squad, and, and it ended up being Howard who who started, I think, at center, at the very least, was closing those games. So the past, the recent past shows us that McGee is not somebody who you just plug in and, okay, 15 minutes a night, there we go. 
It's going to be based on what's going on around him. All right. Rotation-wise, I, I actually think I already hit it. The Benchmob Vibe Check segment here. Aaron Holiday has firmly cemented himself, I think, as this team's third guard right now and then probably fourth guard when Cameron Payne comes back and, and you know competing for that fourth guard spot with Landry Shamit when Shamit ultimately gets back. But that's the big change here. Nothing else really. More small ball, more Torrey Craig. That's been something I've been beating the drum on for a while. But uh, the, the, the Holiday-Payton thing is fascinating. I'm sure a lot of Suns fans are thrilled to see it. Holiday or Payton has been a frustrating player to watch. So good to see that the Suns at the very least have another option there. And we'll see how it all shapes up heading out of the break. I think Payne and Chim, it shouldn't be too much longer. I would think both of those guys would be ready to play come end of February when the when the week is over, the, the week of rest is over and everybody's getting into the stretch run. I mean, that's when you kind of put your chips on the table and, and get it going. So I would think they would want those guys in there and we'll see how everything falls. Last but not least, Kelly Oubre bobblehead giveaway. I'm actually uh, a little annoyed. This episode is not on YouTube. I keep having these late night issues where my signal's coming through clean as it could possibly be. Restream, the platform we use, is showing me bright green signal, three bars out of three bars, everything looking good, and then I jump back over to the window and the feed has crashed and I lose video and I can't re-record because, look, I need sleep. So apologies that this episode did not end up on YouTube. We will close out the week with Aaron Edwards tomorrow and uh, everything should be back to normal, but Thank you to everybody who has subscribed on YouTube. I appreciate you guys greatly. If you are somebody who has helped out there but tends to listen on podcast, you will be hearing about this then. The vibe, the the vibe, the routine is going to be exactly the same. Send me proof that you subscribe to this channel, whether that is my email, DM me on Twitter, DM the show account on Twitter, put a comment below an episode. Uh, on once they're back up on YouTube, I will be keeping this open for one week. So by the end of next week, I will be closing it. So just over a week, I will name the winner when I randomly select using an internet generator on the show going up on, what will it be, Monday, February 28th. I will name the winner. So from now when you're hearing this, until February 28th, or until February 27th, I guess, that is the amount of time you have to send proof that you have subscribed to this show. Then, Kelly Oubre, with his Converse, his AirPods, and his wave jacket, and his cell phone, and his man bag, he is just, he's, uh, he is glammed up in, as ever in this bobblehead. I will ship it to your house, I will pay for shipping, it will be yours if you are selected. So those are the final details. Humongous thank you to everybody who helped me get there. I'm sure I've said it before. I'm sure many of you know if you're familiar with YouTube. That is the big benchmark where we uh, YouTube channel creators get to be monetized as a channel. So very, very important and exciting. I will get to have ads on the videos and everything, and it is a huge way to keep the show going to keep the lights on, so to speak, and to make this a bigger part of what I'm able to do for a living. So um, I really do not take it for granted. I know I have not shut up about it for months. 
I will keep pushing it, but probably not quite as aggressively. Thank you guys and get in on the action. Kelly Oubre, send me the proof of your subscription to the channel and it could be yours. All right. Big win, seven straight, dominating the NBA. Not much more positive you can possibly be about the Suns heading into the break than we are right now. I'm going to close out the week with some more positivity with Aaron Edwards. It'll be fun. I think the Suns are finally getting the attention that they deserve. So we'll kind of talk about what that means how that could manifest over the rest of the season, awards talk, some of that stuff. That'll be the end of the week, guys, so keep an eye on the feed. And I'm not going anywhere. Yes, the NBA is on a break, but I am going to be right here. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single day. Now go make Locked On Bets your second listen. Get in on the Suns, guys. Stretch run, title odds, West title odds, all of it should be fun. Talk to you guys tomorrow.